Galway Bay FM Sports News with Western Motors. Test drive the Volkswagen Golf, Polo and all-new Volkswagen Tiago today. Visit volkswagengalway.ie. Now, John uh, Mulligan sits off to me today. The University of Galway uh, will face you well in the Fitzgibbon Cup final on uh, Saturday following a dramatic semi-final at Dura Bearfield uh, yesterday evening. And you stuck with it all the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't, uh, honestly. Uh, I was sitting down at the desk after doing the intro and... Uh, you couldn't leave it. You absolutely couldn't leave it. It was just an amazing game of hurling. Um, I mean, they were under pressure uh, from uh, uh, pretty much early on. Found themselves four points down. Game was going into injury time. It looked like it was all over for the University of Galway, and they just somehow managed to lift their game out of you know out of somewhere. And there are two particular moments, but one of them we're focusing on. The first one was a free from Evan Island from what we would call the next parish to put just a point between the teams and the game's going into uh, into the depths of injury time the last play of injury time at the end of the second half and then this happened one of the brightest uh, stars on the hurling scene for Cork slightly to the left hand side of the goal then we have played 13 minutes at the end of the second half of extra time Connery has to hit the back of the net bending, lifting, striking and it has gone wide it has gone wide and John Murphy Blows the final whistle and University of Galway are into the Fiskibbon final Nile for the second year in a row on a final scoreline of two goals and 18 points for a UCC but one goal and 24 points for University of Galway. Now that was the moment that the full-time whistle went after nearly two hours of hurling. Um, it, the game started at six o'clock. It finished, I actually signed off at three minutes to eight. Uh, last night um, but the, I have to I, I, I'm not going to let this pass without mentioning this particular moment um, in the county final this man produced something very similar an absolutely miracle point to level it and he did the very same thing last night about 40 seconds to go here as uh, the puck out is coming a point between them uh, 2.15 to 117 this is a big big ball here now whoever wants to win it will have the advantage puck out down in the copper goal and here's one by Colin Cunningham Colin Cunningham the Mike Colin and Galway man gets away it's a lovely pass into space to Tiernan Killian Tiernan Killian is going to take on the shot to Lock Raymond high high and over the bar by Tiernan Killian super score the Lock Raymond who if I serve my memory served me correctly equalised the Galway County final as well earlier in the year or last year it is now Puts it over the Barber level in uh, Dura Bearfield. 32.57 played on the clock. 2.15 to 1.18. John Murphy both the whistle. Guess what? We're going to extra time. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. For, I didn't mean to laugh, but you can actually hear the reaction of the Cork yeah. supporters at full time when the referee blows the full time whistle. It is a stunning equaliser and like I said in the in our online commentary last night in our coverage last night he did the exact same thing from the other side if you know what I mean the point in the county final came from the left hand side of the field this one came from the right hand side and it was an absolutely wonderful point from on, nearly on the sideline I was thinking about on my way in this morning it was very you know what it's like Joe Canning's point against Tipperary remember that in 2017 it was an amazing point I was going to say a long time ago yeah, a long time ago but it's an amazing point and that's what forced extra time and then there was no holding back from them and the full commentary by the way if you want to listen to it all one hour and 50 odd minutes of it is up on goibfm.ie now plus the match report from Niall plus the reaction because I spoke to Jeff Linsky and to Tiernan Killeen afterwards as well that's all up on the website now and also uh, by the way to the two and 
a half thousand plus who were listening to us online. Thank you last night. Got figures for that um, just a couple minutes ago before I came in, and there was over two and a half thousand people listening to us online oh, last oh, night. Oh, oh, and oh, that oh. is that is no mean feat on a Thursday night when there's so many other things happening. You know that's fantastic yeah. and fair play to so, uh, everybody. But I don't think you were disappointed. I think you were treated to something special. And the finals tomorrow, half one. Well, it's uh, Rounders, Galway City. Yeah, the Galway City Rapperies, they're involved in a doublehead of Winter Rounders on Sunday and uh, these are a great bunch of people. Um, they have worked very, very hard, sometimes against serious odds, uh, but uh, they're involved and Rounders, of course, is part of the GA. And uh, they've got Mayo Gales and Michael Glavies from Mayo and Roscommon um, heading up to uh, heading up for the uh, the, the rounders tomorrow f- uh, from uh, Sunday. Sorry, from twelve o'clock. Now let's go to Kenny Keynes. But the next president of the GA is going to be elected tonight. Yes, uh, this could be a significant Congress for other reasons, and one of them being the possibility of the Going Minor Hurlers playing in Leinster um, this year. Uh, they've been given a great backing by Cork County Board as well, who've got on board. But uh, the president of the GA, who will replace Larry McCarthy. He'll be elected tonight. Jarlath Burns of Armagh is pretty much the favourite, but you've got Niall Erskine of Donegal and Pat Teen from Offaly also in the running. So that takes place at uh, Crow Park this evening and we'll have news of it, uh, hopefully, um, as part of Over the Line this evening as well because we have a pretty long one tonight. Okay, so we'll be known before you come off here. Hopefully, yeah. I'm guessing. It's usually known before 10 o'clock and we're off here at 10, so hopefully we'll have news of it before before we finish up. Now, the Galway Senior Men's and the Ladies Football Teams will be named today. Yeah, there's two very big games actually because the Galway senior the senior footballers are taking on Tyrone looking for their first win in the National League on Sunday in Tume Stadium and also on Sunday in Pierce Stadium and there's a big call out by the way for support for this game if you can get to it at all in Pierce Stadium please do the Galway Lady senior footballers beat Donegal beat Dublin drew at Mead this is the fourth game of the league they're welcoming Cork to Pierce Stadium they have played some fantastic football and I did an interview with Fiona Wynn which is up on the website now and uh, they're very happy satisfied they still feel there's more work to be done but uh, it's one forty-five for the men it's 2 o'clock for the, the women on Sunday and the Camogie of course is tomorrow as well the Goy Senior Camogie team they take on Tipperary in the rag and their opening game in the National League that starts at uh, 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon and uh, well done Shawnee Healy of Ardrahan by the way named as the new um, captain of the senior team replacing Sarah Durvin who's given amazing service over the past five years we hopefully will have t- news of that team today and the men's at uh, the men's tonight half past 8 and the ladies during the afternoon all going well Good stuff. Uh, now the Galway United are opening the Electricity League first division season away to yes. Finn Harps this evening at Finn Park uh, with the game kicking off at 8pm. Full coverage? Yeah, oh, that's out of doubt. Galway United season getting underway tonight. They're taking on Finn Harps. Now there's a little side story to all of this because during this during the off-season, of course, Ollie Horgan left Finn Harps. He's now gone to Galway United where he's assistant manager to John Caulfield. And where are Galway United going? Back to Finn Harps for the first game tonight, 8 o'clock at Bally Buffet. Um, it's live here on Go FM as part of Over the Line. We're with you from 7 until 10. There is a bus going as well to the game, by the way. If anybody wants to head up to Bally Buffet for a nice evening's entertainment, leaves the current hotel at 3 o'clock, picks up at the Arches in Clear Galway uh, after that, and uh, there's full details on their social media pages. So just check out Go Night on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff, and uh, you'll get details on how to get the bus. Uh, but it will leave the current hotel at 3 o'clock, and uh, if you, I would advise as many to go up because I mean it's the first game of the season you know it could be the start of a fantastic season all going on right, committee uh, Manchester United has a decision been made there yet as no. to who's buying what yeah now this is a weird story because when I say weird Man United fans will probably look at me as if I've got three heads there is a bid being made to buy Manchester United from the Glaciers right it's looking in the region of 5 
billion pounds sterling. That's what the Glazers are looking for. Um, these investors are linked to the Qatari royal family. Now, there's, contra- there's controversy on several different fronts. Always is. Some, some, yeah. some I can mention, some I would be afraid to. Um, because there's uh, lots of different things that are kind of been connected. And we went, we, we went through this with the World Cup already. I don't need to go over all ground. But uh, we'll see what happens anyway. Will those investors make the bid today? We'll find out. Will you not Manchester United be, uh, be, by, be owned by the Qatari Royal Family? We'll find out. And, uh, you know, United drew two all last night with Barcelona and the Europa League. It's kind of, in many ways, so unusual. Like, you speed, this would have been a Champions League match for the ages years ago, and now they're meeting in the Europa League. But um, it's two all after the first leg. So uh, that means the second leg of that's next week in Old Trafford. We'll see how it goes. And are they going to bring back um, some of the previous stars as ambassadors for Manchester United? Oh, that's a good question, considering a certain Mr. Beckham was an ambassador. I never mentioned him. Yeah, I know, I but they, come on, it was all over the media. Um, he he, um, and he got if you if you watch Russell Howard the comedian he does a program on Sky One uh, he took him apart just watch it on YouTube I'll say no more but it's very very funny um, anyway yeah you could just see Man United former Man United players coming back as ambassadors very much so mm. I mean it's very possible uh, the question is who would come back and uh, w- another question would another particular player formerly of Manchester United no longer with Man United now working in TV be one of those ambassadors highly unlikely to be honest highly after unlikely. what he said during the World Cup we'll Absolutely. see we'll watch it we'll see Community, you know, the comic team is to be named later so there are any news of what's going on there well the news uh, we're still awaiting news by the way as regards the new head coach because as was mentioned earlier on the week um, that announcement is imminent whether whether we'll get that today this weekend or early next week we still don't know but regarding the team um, Connacht are playing of course they're back in the United Rugby Championship again taking on Zebra tomorrow in Parma we've live coverage of the game as well from 3.05 here on Go FM. and uh, the Connacht team is normally named officially at 12 noon so hopefully I'll have it before my headlines at, at 12 o'clock and uh, we would we would bring it to you um, the changes more than likely made I said the lads are just itching to get back now after being off for a couple of weeks so and we'll see how it goes and there's also just to say with rugby uh, couple of big games tomorrow for the Galway sides in the Energy League uh, you have Corinthians at home to Dungannon Corinthians are currently second Dungannon are third Greystones are the leaders only three points between top and second and at the other end Galwegians are second from bottom but they play Malahide they wouldn't get a bonus point they will overtake Malahide and get out of the relegation playoff, which would be a massive result for them. Uh, Belfast Harlequins are playing in a score team if they don't win by 40 points, I'll eat me hat. Um, but those games both kick off at half past two tomorrow afternoon as well. And a big day for the Energy League. Um, somebody else, what time is the game kicking off um, in Parma tomorrow? Uh, 3.05 and it's live here on Goy Bay FM. Okay, 3.05. Uh, basketball, well done by the way to you on the University of Galway. Mary, that commentary last... Uh, weekend was fantastic. Yes. Well done. I never heard commentary done in a basketball match. Well, it's probably the only sport that suits the speed of my voice, to be honest with you. Um, no, look, it was a cracking game. Now, not the highest scoring game of all time. I mean, there was only 62.50, the final score, but the whole in DBSN at 50 points was no mean feat. And uh, look, Mario playing phenomenal basketball. I, I could name every single one of the, of that particular squad. Every one of them had a part to play. Um, I mean, Owen Rockall and Stephen Cummins, I think, came up with 30 points between them and they were brilliant um it's just a very, very good team and Charlie Crowley has done an amazing job with them himself and John Finn and the rest of the team there. But they play Balancholic tomorrow night. It's a game at home. It's at the University of Galway uh, Kingfisher. Balancholic will be a side that are looking for a playoff spot. I was looking at the table. There are two teams at the top of the Super League right now. They are University of Galway, Mary and Belfast Star. And with four games left in the regular season, two home, two away, every game counts from here on in. And, you know, I hope to get the same kind of crowd. They got a massive crowd last Saturday night. Absolutely wonderful crowd last Saturday night, the Kingfisher. 
Hopefully, Stuka Boys has Mark Allen too. Uh, plays with Robert Milkins in the quarterfinals this evening. That starts off at seven o'clock. It's part of the um, evening session. Just to mention, I'd go back to basketball briefly. Come and Kishfell McCullen are playing Garvey's Trilly Warriors half seven tomorrow night, and University of Goy Mystics are away to DCU Mercy in uh, uh, in Dublin on Sunday at half two. I just wanted to mention, of course, three Goy teams involved in the Super League this weekend. And hockey-wise? Yeah, we've got an all-Galway Irish Hockey Trophy semi-final tomorrow. University of Galway take on Greenfields in Dangan. Now, this is a competition that Greenfields have won twice. University of Galway have never won it. Uh, but the winners of that would play Mosley or Oma in the final. It's a 150 pushback, I was told. It's been advertised for 230, but I've been told 150. So if you're there for the 150, you're not going to be you're not going to be late anyway. You might have to wait 20 minutes or so, but uh, you're not going to be late for it. But it's actually a very big, an important game for both teams. It's an important game for both clubs in hockey and a place in Irish Hockey Trophy final is hard earned so whoever wins we wish them the best luck both teams the best luck but it'll be uh, some semi-final tomorrow No we don't often uh, mention athletics but it's a big weekend in athletics as well Yeah we've got the National Senior Indoors uh, they're on this weekend at the National Indoor Arena in Dublin and you've got some top quality athletes from uh, all over the country taking part in it uh, Galway will be hoping that uh, the likes of Finley Daly University of Galway Jack Maher of GCH and Crowell's Jack Miskela will be among the medalists and uh, they've got some very strong sprinters as well uh, all taking part over those two days and it's a it's a big day of athletics it's a huge day of athletics um, in the country and we wish them all well we've had great success from Goy athletes in this in the past so hopefully we'll have more t- this uh, Monday to talk about uh, finally Greyhound Racing and Racing itself yeah there was a massive crowd on Wednesday night by the way for the student night of the dogs I saw a great video really? uh, yeah I saw a great video of one of the races and the crowd going absolutely bananas it was like Derby night in Shelburne Park uh, anyway the reaction uh, continues tonight first of two nights tonight and tomorrow night 7.50 first race out of the traps for the dogs and in horse racing it's Dundalk where it's uh, as I keep calling them I call them twilight meetings now because these are the meetings that start in the daylight and finish in the dark uh, the 3.55 is the first race there our tip is Autocrat running in Dundalk in the 7 o'clock and uh, I will have hopefully that Connor team at 12 o'clock when uh, we're back with headlines Well done John thank you and a busy weekend and uh, thanks for everything and again well done in the country right throughout the weekend uh, everybody involved Galway Talks in association with Tesco Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you now, just a slight change of running order. We'll get to Pauline McGlynn shortly. She's uh, making her way home, so she is she's off to us in a few minutes' time. Uh, but um, blessed John Sullivan uh, Cross will be brought to St. Ignatius Church uh, this weekend to mark uh, Father John's 90th anniversary. Uh, let me go to Father Kevin O'Rourke, who joins me. A Galway man and Jesuit Kevin O'Rourke is bringing the blessed John uh, Sullivan Cross to St. Ignatius Church in Sea Road. We spoke to his colleague earlier on in uh, Syria, and uh, he joins you on the line today. And um, Kevin, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Nice to have you on, to- on on the program. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Sure. Tell, tell me about the John Sullivan Cross. Well, a bit about himself. He was born into a very upper class family, and his father was the top British legal officer in the country. He was Church of Ireland. His mother was devout Catholic, and at the time. The boys follow their father's faith, the girls follow their mother's. And the mother had this crucifix all her life. And when when he joined the Jesuits, uh, some t- a few years after her death, for his vow crucifix, he was allowed to use his mother's cross wow. rather than have a separate one. And um, it's been in, you know, he, he held it in his hands at the moment of his death, and that's inscribed on the back of it. 
Um, and it's been a source of great healing and blessing and peace for people, health of mind and spirit and body. And we have it at the church of St. Francis Xavier in Garden Street in Dublin. Um, his shrine is there as well. He was buried initially in 1933 uh, at Clongoeswood College in the cemetery there. And when he had an enormous reputation for holiness. And then when his cause for beatification came up, uh, it was decided to move his, his body to Dublin, to Garden Street Church, where more and more people would have access. So the crucifix is kept in Garden Street. It's been brought to every hospital in the whole country. There are letters back from every county in Ireland. I saw letters yesterday that came over the years from Australia, from the States, from England, from Scotland, from Wales, and so on. So um, we'll have it at the Masses in the Jesuit Church on Sunday morning at half 11, half 5 in the afternoon, and then at the morning Masses, 9 and 11, Monday and Tuesday. Wow. So that's the long and the short of it. And again, it's very special. I mean, I would have remembered the Padre Pio uh, cross coming to town and other crosses coming to town, but um, uh, the uh, John Sullivan cross, I hadn't heard of until I was... Uh, reading the programme sheet last evening so it's it's yes. very special I mean 1933 that's what 90, 90 odd years ago 90 years that's why tomorrow morning in Garden Street actually there's a special mass for both the Church of Ireland Archbishop and the Catholic Archbishop of Dublin will be present and that mass will be streamed online from Garden Street Parish so simply there, there's an annual there's a, a monthly mass on the third Saturday of every month at one o'clock and people come to be blessed with the cross and then on the sun, Saturday closest to his anniversary, there's a big mass and people come from many parts of the country and it's a special celebration. So this year, on account of it's been 90 years, the two archbishops will be present and we're expecting a fairly full house. And then I'll be heading off to Galway late tomorrow afternoon with the cross and be there for Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And, and do you treat it, with, and forgive me now the stupidity of the question, but do you treat yes. it with reverence? You don't just pop it into a hold all and uh, obviously you, you mind it tenderly. We do, of course, yeah. In fact, it was stolen one time from Garden Street and it was found seen in the window of a pawn shop, if you don't mind, by somebody and then it was, was got back. So it's kept under lock and key in the parish office. You have to sign out to bring it, say, to the children's hospital or to any part, that, you know, if people make a request for it. It's been brought to many, many places. And uh, yeah, we do treat it. Now, it's kept in a leather pouch. Actually, it looks like a holster to be slightly irrever irreverent about it, but it's, it's kept in great care with great respect. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a revered object. And in fact, there was great John Sullivan, blessed John, um, he became Catholic at the age of 35, uh, wait a minute, 34, 35, two years before his mother's death. And he said he puts down all his blessings in life to his mother's prayers and tears. He said she was like St. Monica praying for St. Augustine. See, Blessed John was never a wild man like St. Augustine. He lived a very quiet life. Mm. Went to school in Port Tora, which all the Galway rowing community would know about. I rowed against them myself in the 60s. Um, then from there, he went to Trinity College. Now, he would have got a good grounding in faith and scripture in Port Tora. But by the time he went to Trinity, he had no interest in going to church. There was a, a Dublin woman working in the kitchens in, in Trinity, and she used to give out to the Protestant lads for not going to church on Sunday. And he said to her, look, at, I've no interest in it. It does nothing for me. Wow. So his mother would have been praying for him all the time. But the huge turning point was when he was only 17, his 24-year-old brother, Robert, was drowned off Killiney Beach and his body was never recovered. Wow. And he said, 
apart, except for her passionate love of the Lord and her incredible faith, he thinks she would have lost her mind. So she had a huge cross to bear. And I'm sure a lot of her tears were shed while she held this crucifix and prayed over it. And towards the very end of his life, he, he would always remind people how much he owed to his mother, that he was eternally grateful. Every blessing he had came through her prayers. So the cross is a very, very sacred object. And um, uh, yes. So just going back then, because there's huge interest in this. So you're going to yeah. have it there on Sunday. Um Half 11 and half 5. And I suppose in between, it depends, I suppose, who pe people show up. I'll be there myself anyway. Um, and I'm sure the other priests will be helping out. Um, and, and how's it going to work? So, so if they go to half 11 Mass, then take me through. Yeah. Is it after Mass? Yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll be preaching at the 11 Mass and I'll tell people a bit is, about Is it 11 or 11.30? Oh, so, wait, I've it written down here. I've, I've 11 written down here. 11. So and half five. Well, people can check locally. And okay. I've written down here 11. 11 no, I see you've written down here too. Yeah. And then you're yeah. going to be there Monday and Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday, 9, nine and, 11. and 11. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then after Mass, people can come up and we just touch their shoulder with the cross and say a prayer through the intercession of Blessed John Sullivan. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when people are queuing up or lining up, they can be praying for other people as well as themselves. It's a, it's now, a, if if um, there's a website where people can get a lot of information about him, it's called FatherJohnSullivan.ie, uh, all lowercase, FRJohnSullivan.ie. Plenty of information there. Now, I have a letter here that was written by a lady, if I have time to read it, yeah, Keith. It shouldn't take too long, from Kappa Ballyshrule in 1985. And I won't say the surname because, mm. you know... That's the way it is. Dear Reverend Father, I wish to relate to you my dream I had about Father John Sullivan when I was very ill with severe arthritis. I never prayed to him at any time. He never crossed my mind. I heard about him 48 years ago, that would be 1937, in the course of conversation about saints. I dreamt I saw Father Sullivan coming into my room. He knelt to the foot of my bed and said, if you say a decade of the rosary for me, I will cure your pains. Next day, my brother came to see me when he sat down beside the bed, he said, I said to myself, coming over to see you, if Father John Sullivan could cycle 18 miles every day to see a sick person, why shouldn't I cycle nine to see you? I never got the pains in my knees since. My hands never swelled, very little pain. I was to hospital and the doctors took me off all tablets I was on for five years. The surgeon was amazed and can't understand how my arthritis is gone. I'm amazed and I pray for his beatification every day. So she says, in my dream, I saw him to the wrinkles on his face and his hair brushed up. He knelt on one knee and he said, say a deck to the rosary and I will cure your pains. They are gone, thank God. And there's another little bit, but that's the main part of the message. Isn't so, it lovely? But I mean, Kappa Ballyshrule, 1985. Well, I can tell you one thing, so I can, Father Kevin O'Rourke, you're going yes. to be snowballed by people on the 11 o'clock and 5.30 uh, on Sunday. And again, I'd say yeah. the 9 and 11 Mass on Monday. Now, you're interrupting the programme here now, Father Kevin, so you're so so you know, so we're, we're going to have well, to have words over by that. By the way, I was in living in Birmingham the last eight years, and I used to listen in to you quite a lot. Keep Get close away. to home. Really? You do a lovely programme, fair play to you. And you a native of uh, Galway? Born in Leash in Rathanesco, where the ploughing takes place. And by the way, we bring the John Sullivan Cross to the ploughing every year as well. Mm -hmm. So we moved to Galway. My father got a job teaching in the Tlada in 1961. And then I went to school in the Jazz 1961. Went to join the Jesuits in 67. Along with David too, he got wrestling from Newcastle. Mort Curry, of course, was a year ahead of me. Joe Keeney. There was four of us in the rowing crew in the Jazz who became Jesuits. 
Mm. And um, then after ordination, I was in Ballymun for 12 years and I was in Birmingham as an assistant novice master and a prison chaplain for the last eight years. And now I'm back doing work with young adults and vocational work. In fact, one thing is that these three days in Galway is to get to do a little triduum praying for Jesuit vocations through Blessed John's intercession. Because the smaller numbers, but very, very fine young men joining us. I was at the Novitiate in Birmingham the last eight years. Young men from Ireland, England, Belgium and Holland used to come. And a fair few would have drifted away from faith, mm-hmm. you know, and come back to it. Not because John, the present Pope, is a Jesuit, but the Lord put his hand on them. They'd be average age, mid to late 20s to mid to late 30s. And they will make very fine priests and brothers, I can tell you. And so if, if it's to work, the net is going out. We're praying. If it's to work, it'll work in Galway for you. So it will. Listen, thanks, yes, God. thanks indeed for joining us, and good luck with it again. Delighted, we had your please. we had your colleague, Father Tony Reardon, on from Syria earlier on. We're trying to raise as much money He's as we can for him. He's doing another, a terrific job. God another wonderful him. man. I just I admire yeah. both of you. And keep up the good work, and uh, thanks for joining us. That's uh, Father Kevin O'Rourke. So again, just to be very clear about this, Sunday, eleven o'clock mass. 5.30 Mass, and then on Monday and Tuesday, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock Mass. And if you want to get further details, uh, just pop into um, the Jess, just St. Ignatius there, the church there. Will you do me a favour though? Will you park responsibly on Sea Road and don't be blocking people in? And I'd say he's going to be absolutely snowballed with that. We wish him the very best of luck. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. A very good morning to welcome into today's programme. Galway's Paulie McGlynn, indeed, is raising awareness, if you're listening to the radio all across the country, um, to the signs of a stroke after losing both her parents uh, to a stroke as well. And the wonderful Paulie, who grew up in Renmore, is supporting the Irish Heart Foundation's Act Fast Minutes Matter campaign to drive greater awareness of stroke and the key warnings um, involved in same She joins me on the line today. Pauline, morning to you. Good morning, good morning. And of all of the days to be speaking to you, uh, today would have been my mother's 86th birthday. Oh, so happy her. happy birthday, Sheila, wherever you are. Um, and I think she'd be chuffed to know that, um, you know, she's the reason for us uh, speaking about a, a great thing that we can do for everyone else, which is to help if, if you're with someone having a stroke. Um, uh, you know, it's really simple and it, it's, uh, you know, I know it might seem like a grim subject, but no, it's not. Um, no, no. in fact, the, the hope that there is and the positivity, if you do the right thing, you know, as quickly as possible for the person having the stroke, um, then there's more of them to save because um, the statistic, I'm afraid, is that if you're having a stroke um, or you've had a stroke, you're two million brain cells die every minute mm. after that stroke. So the sooner you get the person help, the more of them there is to save. Now, don't panic too much about the two million brain cells because we do have billions of them, but it's just we don't have any to waste, if you ask me. So mm. um, that's why the main thing, if you suspect someone's having a stroke, is to make the call, dial 112 or 999, get the help, get them to the medicals. And... You know, it's the most extraordinary thing when you mention something like a stroke to somebody. I am just 
absolutely gobsmacked by the number of people I know who've yeah. been affected by a stroke, either in their family or they've had one themselves yeah. of all ages. Um, uh, because you don't have to be elderly to have a stroke. You can be any age whatsoever. It doesn't discriminate the old stroke, um, you know, age-wise. So it's um, it's a huge thing and it's brilliant to think that you'd be able to help if you're if you're there when someone's having this this event you it know is. in their lives i spoke to somebody recently who had thought they were having a stroke actually and they called the emergency services and and all of that but because they did have the facial dropping the arm weakness the slurred speech oh. and the um again it's all about time but the emergency services, they couldn't speak highly enough of the emergency, the ambulance service because they yeah. talked them through every stage until the ambulance got there and they could say, yes. the ambulance is three minutes away, the ambulance is a minute away and then once yeah. the paramedics got there into hospital fairly quickly, thank God it wasn't a stroke, but many, many yeah. people need the ambulance when it is a stroke. Uh, yes, and like the thing is, if, if it is a stroke, then obviously the more there is to work with, um, with the person, the, you know, the more the chances are for them being rehabilitated, you know, to being back to as normal as possible. And the, um, the range of supports that are out there is, is extraordinary. Mm. I don't think people know about that either. No, no. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a whole big awareness thing. Um, and I'm delighted to hear that about the ambulance services, because I will say about um, Sheila, my mother, um, you you know, she um, she fell and broke her hip, uh, which was the, the main thing that happened to her towards the end of her life, aside from the stroke that killed her. And honestly, the ambulance people were so fabulous. And also uh, University College Hospital, as as it, I think it's now called, is it? It was the regional when I was growing yeah. up in Galway. Um, but the staff couldn't have been better. And you know what? They minded us as much as they minded yeah, yeah. her when it was clear that she wasn't going to pull through from, from this rather devastating stroke that she had. Um, and, you know, I think it's written in the stars that I will now be telling people all about this because my dad died of a stroke um, 17 years ago. Uh, he was on 69 or so he was he went in he went into the grave looking beautiful and um he won't be happy with us because um he always said he didn't like old people so maybe it was as well he didn't grow to be old and we've now put um the remains of an 86 year old woman in in there with him so i think if it's possible to come back and haunt people he's on the way you know because he won't be happy with that he was having a perfectly great rest um in sligo cemetery and uh, and now they so um, we're expecting some sort of retaliation quite soon. <laughs> well, we'll, 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 we'll keep an eye on the sparks coming out of, out of uh, Sligo. <laughs> Listen, though, I mean, do you, do you, and you and your brother, because I know you speak very fondly of your brother based in Connemara, but do you have to be tested then or do you have to be checked fairly often then? Or is um, no, well, I have two uh, younger brothers, the, the wonderful Ian MacLean, who um, delivers delivers cheer all around the west of Ireland um, a, a beer product and, and so its cousins I, I shan't advertise I'm, I'm, you know, go um, past but, the watershed but, you know it's fabulous and and water I'm sure <laughs> and then Philip uh, my brother Yahoo is um, uh, we, we refer to it as a shack out in, in the Man Valley but it's it's rather lovely and, and in a great place do you know we're all very aware of the fact that there's a stroke um, on both sides the family now strokes yeah. i should say it's not just my parents but there's a, there have been grandparents as well who've who've um, gone from strokes now i have to say 
because those people were of a certain generation, um, you know, smoking was a big um, aspect of my father's uh, stroke. He had, um, there's there's broadly two kinds, a blockage or, or a tear, a bleeder, um, you know, and we have both kinds now from my parents <laughs> because yeah. he had a blockage, my mom had, had a bleeding one. So, you know, we're very well aware that we have to look after ourselves yeah, now. Yeah. And, um, and I turned 60 last year, which is, you know, um, you know I, we won't speak of it again until no. I'm 65, which will be 20 years time. Um, and I make no excuses. <laughs> you were never good at the maths, there. were you? Never good at maths, were you? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think it's a showbiz thing and that's how we'll deal with it. Um, but I, I just feel that, you know, all three of us are now reaching an age, uh, you know, where we're just aware of the fact that we have yeah. to start. I mean, we're not very good at taking care of ourselves, but we're we're making small efforts anyway and, and my brother Ian is a great golfer so that's great he he um you know gets his exercise that way Phil a great walker and hill climber I don't know where he got that from but he really if he sees a mountain he has to climb it and um and I've started doing the bit of aqua aerobics you know just to just to to be moving you know yeah. and to to try to look after ourselves because you know having lost both parents now uh two strokes indeed but um it we're next you know so um yeah. i'd um i'm not looking forward to dying and i hope it won't be of a stroke <laughs> um but if it is i hope that somebody um when i'm having the stroke knows what to do which is um pretty much immediately <laughs> to make the call to Act one fast two or nine 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 you yeah. know because um it, it, we might be able to hang on to me till i get the check from the president then um yeah, which would be great um yeah. uh, we we did always think that sheila um uh, might you know uh, there were plenty of things wrong with her but that she, she might um yeah. nudge towards getting the um the check for being a hundred um yeah. but you know, it it was not to be, and um, and at least you know for her, it was certainly a, a devastating, a catastrophic event that that she had. But and there was no saving her. But it you know she had a lovely rest, and it was quite swift. Um, so you know, and uh, and the, oh, the regional her. hospital, as I'm going to always have to call it, um, couldn't have been better. Uh, you know, so get yourself to the medicals immediately. If Absolutely. Um, if you, it's better to err on the side of caution put it that way because you know when you when you think of the symptoms um it sounds like like me on a on a very messy friday night out you know like the the, the face a little bit wonky um the speech slurred you know the arms can i lift one or both of them in any sort of um elegant way um but it's best to, it to is, yeah. be sure. I, I think everyone would know if it was a messy night out on a Friday night out that it was just me being drunk. So if it's any other time, <laughs> I do make remember. The call. Pauline's having a stroke. <laughs> I, do, I do remember your mum and dad. They were regulars in Brennan's Bar at the docks. That's right. Yeah. And you know, it's one of the great things. You know, I mean, I far prefer a funeral to a wedding. I'm sorry to all of the people whose weddings I've been at. But, um, you know, because... The stories you hear, um, and and you know the absolute joy in the retelling of the devilment that they got up to, uh, yeah. both of them, and and you know having lost the mammy now uh, late last year, um, just you know with a few weeks to Christmas, um, it was kind of like losing both of them uh, all yeah. over again because you know tis, all tis, the stories tis, were, yeah. that we resurrected, if you like, were all of their devilment, you know, in Brennan's on the docks or whatever else. Yeah. But you know what, they were all 
happy stories of of mischief and um, and very joyous as a result. Absolutely. And and you'd miss that. There's a, a lot less. Um, there's a lot less laughter now. You know, for there us. Is, but we we'll, it's our turn next. So we'll we'll try to spread a bit we, of the joy and indeed the message. Um, act F A S T um, fast for stroke victims. I'm in the process of losing my own mom, but it's a celebration of life. It's old age as well as everything else. Well, we are know, we are then the uh, elders, Pauline. Do you know that? Uh, do you know, I, I I was thinking this when I was on my way home <laughs> from the aqua aerobics class this morning, and I thought I am the old one. We are the elders. Well, when, I, yeah, when mom is gone, well, I'll be the elder. Say, yeah, old one. Yeah. I'll say, oh my <laughs> word, um, it's um, shocking. And in fact, actually, I'm wearing um, her winter coat around the place now because it was better than my one. And um, <laughs> and honestly, if you were to look at me quickly. I am the image of her. Now, I, I, you know, I don't know if that's any great compliment <laughs> to my mother, but um, we'll, we'll never, be, we'll never need to miss her because no, I'm uh, here we'll still. <laughs> Listen, keep strong, enjoy your Friday night, enjoy everything. And uh, the fondest, <laughs> the fondest of memories in Brennan's bar and the fondest uh, of memories. Yeah. And my wife's, um, he only lived around the corner. Uh, Dad, he got the check from Michael D back in November, I'll tell you. <gasps> Isn't that wonderful? It's you know it's I know that um, in the UK they get a letter from as it will be now the king um, yeah. and you know it's I think you can have it all as we do here because you get the check and and it's also like a lovely message a lovely from occasion. the president. So fair play. That's yeah, yeah. I'm delighted to hear it. We didn't get to spend <laughs> it yet, Pauline. But listen, thanks for joining us uh, today in the program. That's uh, Pauline McGlynn joining us there, uh, raising awareness on the uh, sign of strokes. After losing, after losing both appearance, indeed, uh, to it. Further details, by the way, just Google fast, act fast. It's common sense, by the way, right across the board. If you spot somebody with facial drooping, uh, arms weakening, slurred speech, and uh, if you just spot that, don't hesitate just to ring the emergency services. Uh, don't forget, by the way, this day week we will be in Tonerys uh, in uh, Bohemore. So our Bohemore program is on next week. And we're coming to you live from uh, Tonery's uh, Baron Bohemore. And thank you to Pather and all the team down there. Uh, the technical check has been done and we have a great gang of people. So we have joining us on the day in question. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. On Monday morning's programme, though, we'll be looking at, excuse me, on Monday morning's programme, we'll be looking at the cost of living measures being soft off, uh, signed off by the Cabinet uh, as well on Tuesday. The INTO representative of teachers are feeling the stress of burnout due to problems within the education system. We'll be going back to the GAA Congress, by the way, as well. Uh, as well, you'll hear more about that and uh, speaking about the new GAA President Sports Review. Looking back at the weekend, uh, we'll be looking at that. We'll have financial advice uh, with Dave McCarthy on Monday morning as well. So if you want to get a question in, feel free to do so. Just comments at galwaybfm.ie. And the Galway Republican Roll of Honour book to be published by Sinn Féin for the first time. Uh, we'll be looking at that as well. That is it for today. Thank you to John Morley, you produced. Don't forget the best of goes out tomorrow morning uh, between 9 and 10. So you can catch up on anything you might have missed uh, during the week as well. Don't forget all the podcasts are up there as well. So go to galwaybfm.ie, uh, go to podcasts, go into uh, Galway Talks and they're up there. So they, for today, the 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock and for each and every other day as well. We look forward to joining you next week. I hope to be with you Monday and Tuesday, all going well. But otherwise, John is uh, all set. But I should be with you Monday, right through until whenever during the week. But we'll talk to you then. 
Thank you to Thrace for all of uh, the comments and polls today. John again. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you then. Galway Talks in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you.